Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Chernobyl episode 2, it's called Please Remain Calm. So, full spoilers for the episode, of course. Um, we ended last episode with, you know, the, the ominous cloud going towards the, the populated areas. Obviously, we spent a lot of the first episode dealing with the, the initial kind of like almost disaster crisis, but a lot of the frustration came from characters high up not willing to accept that anything bad had actually happened. And in this episode, I thought one of the biggest cathartic moments for me in the whole thing is there's a moment where Stellan Skarsgård's character, Boris, who we meet for the first time in this episode, who's not as bad as maybe some of the characters in the first episode, but he's still very resistant to listening to anything mm. to begin with. There's a moment in this episode where he's just hit with this truth and he's just silent after that for like several scenes. And it's like he's just sobered up and realized that he's completely screwed. And I found that immensely satisfied. I don't know about you, but I... <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I get that feeling. I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I don't think it was as impactful to me as it was clearly to you, but I, I get the sentiment. Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. Round two. Round two. No, of... this, this, this scenes I like. I just, uh, <laughs> there are some scenes I really like, actually. Okay. Um, but... I don't know. I've still got this feel overall where I'm not quite as invested. Right. I'm not. I'm not really feeling the tension as much. Weirdly, which is what everyone seems to be going on about a lot. Oh, I'm feeling tension. I'm feeling but, the yeah, tension. See, that's the thing. Everyone's talking about the tension, and I'm not Hell, feeling the, that. The tension at the start of this episode is just someone ringing a phone and not getting an answer, and I was like, oh. It was working for me. Like it's, I think it's really well done. It's really well directed. The text is great. Um, now there was a lot of comments on the the video last week on the YouTube about us saying Russian a lot when we're actually in Ukraine. That is a fair complaint to make. We, I, I am very guilty of maybe just interchangeably saying Russian instead of Soviets. Right? Yeah. I'm pretty guilty of that. I, I, I will, uh, you know, admit to that. But, um. I actually was curious. I looked up because I was I was curious because we're talking a lot about like speaking in Russian, right? Like you know, we would want them to be speaking Russian. It's kind of weird to speak in English and that. But I was curious. I was like, well, were people in Ukraine actually speaking Russian at the time? And I looked it up just just a quick search on Wiki, nothing advanced. But it mentioned that up until a couple of years after this, when Ukrainian was made the official language, that it was both languages. And I'm not sure what the the percentage of which one was or like. Like, were they mostly speaking Russian because they were under Soviet control, so it was more enforced? Or was it more actually Ukrainian, but there was some Russian because it was part of the Soviet Union? I don't know. Yeah, because usually if it's not the... You know, so at this point, I assume Russian was the official language. Um, you, you're saying that Ukrainian became the official language? Yeah, I, so, I, don't, I don't know if it's because Russian was the official language or it was just kind of open-ended before that. Right, okay. It just hadn't been defined what the official language was. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, so, but yeah. So, I was just, I was curious. I was curious. So, um, They sound the same anyway to my ear. To your ear, sure. To Actually, be fair, a lot of Eastern European, you know, the, 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 a lot of the harsh sounds uh, in the languages, the, you know, the, the, the hard vowels, they often sound very similar to to my ear. Where you know, well, of course, they sound similar. Like, yeah, it's, it's similar. It's like, it's like Scandinavian languages also sound kind of similar to my ear. Does it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they're the same. I'm saying to me they sound the same. Um, the uh, there was one scene we actually forgot to talk about last week that I actually really liked. It was just a little thing. It was like what it was like a real uh, recording 
of like uh, one of the dispatch calls. Oh, because it was relatively early on, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it was a similar thing in this episode. There was a real news broadcast at one point, just to kind of give it some yeah texture and some like real, real kind of here's some real footage or audio from the from the time period. Uh, which was even even though obviously at no point we're, we're we're forgetting this is a real thing that happened. It, like it's a nice just little. Just remember this is real. Like like this this was all going on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So no, so so we actually follow Jared Harris's character uh, uh, Legazov for for the episode, and he's teamed up. He's paired up with Skarsgård's character Boris, and they're sent to Chernobyl. And he's not very happy with this, but I love the scene early on where he, they go. He's he's brought into you know headquarters, wherever, and he's he's given this report. Right, you're waiting to go and meet everyone else in this committee. Right, here's the re- the report, and he's looking through it, and he gets to like page three. And he just starts freaking out. Like the, the performance here is really good. And they get into the the, the room, and everyone, in, including Gorbachev, you know, the, the first like person I went, "Hey, that's Gorbachev. I know who that is." <laughs> um, like they're all like, "Ah, oh, everything seems to be under control. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing this, they're doing that. Everything seems hunky dory. That's fine." Uh, but unless anyone else is getting to say that, they're literally leaving the table. They're ready to move on. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, and then he's like, "Eh, actually." Yeah, this thing here on page three about the fireman holding a, a piece of, uh, you know, smooth graphite. No, I wasn't trying to say graphite. I was trying to say what he said. He said, uh, he said mineral. He said mineral. There you go. Um, but like he's like, hey, that's part of the core. That means that it's exposed, and that it's pumping out radiation into the air. And he starts giving them these like these harsh things, and he gets kind of like heated, and he's eventually he's eventually told to like, hey. Like, what's, what's this reaction here? You're being loud and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, I will explain myself in a calm manner. And he reiterates what he's saying. And it's enough to get Gorbachev to sort of say, okay, you're going with him then. But you're both going and seeing it for yourselves. Yeah. Uh, and he, he, I mean, there's, there's, there's the nutri- nuclear, you know, uh, fission for dummies explanation on, on the helicopter. But as soon as he sees the, the smoke coming out of it, he's like, shit. <laughs> he's like, you know, he knows... He, he doesn't know everything, but he knows enough. He he knows like this. Yeah, yeah we're you know this is this is dire territory. Um, and Boris, to his credit, he does actually kind of like he almost has a, like a minor face turn in front of the two douchebags from last episode. You know, the guy who ran the plant. Yeah. Uh, where he's like, because he he says, you know, why did I see graphite from 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 you know the helicopter? And he's like, oh, that's yeah, not- was like, oh, it's probably just some concrete. Yeah. He's like, oh, you just made a mistake because I may not know much about nuclear, you know, reactors, but I know my concrete, <laughs> which actually ties into another character in the episode. Actually, where we, uh, they, they shows in a couple of ways that a lot of people who are in like official positions kind of rose up from being workmen. Like they didn't like go through government; they went through like their specific industry yes. before they went to yes. you know the Kremlin or whatever. Uh, so that was really interesting. Um, and we we get this 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 general who like volunteers to drive a lead line truck in to get like a proper reading with a better meter and he comes out and it's like like it's because <laughs> that was one of the things in the meeting is is uh uh harris is like hey like it's, you're only getting a three point whatever because that's as far as their meters go yeah, that's, that's get, the only reason why like, you have you know, that this number it's 400 or whatever it's you know it's like the equivalent of oh it was it was 400 x-rays the equivalent of right yeah yeah uh, and and uh and he was like, which which sounds bad, but I realized that number is the highest that the you know the standard meters go to, which means 
that's just what they're reporting, not what it actually is. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it has all that, all that sort of stuff building up, and there's a couple of great scenes in this uh, between the two of them. Uh, like, Because, you know, uh, Legazov keeps keeps telling him, hey, hey, like, you have to evacuate. And there's a great line of dialogue in here where he's like, hey, that's my decision to make. Well, then make the decision. I've been told not to. <laughs> that that genuinely got a laugh out of me. Yeah, that was a great line of dialogue. And it, it all boils over because there's a point where he gets a phone call. It's right after the, the one of the most sort of like dramatic little scenes of the episode where he says, hey, like... He's like, hey, we have to evacuate. These people are out here breathing us in. And he's like, well, we're here. We're staying. He's like, yeah, and we'll be dead in five years. And that's the moment where he shuts up and it, like, hits him that, like, yeah, just being here right now, like, his life expectancy is just declining the longer he's here. Yeah, yeah pretty and rapidly. The phone the phone rings, and it says they're ringing for a while, and it lets it, you know, lets it really linger in that, that awkward moment, that awkward silence. And he answers it, and we find out that other governments have become aware of this. You know, people have seen things. There's been satellite photos that the US have done, and there's there's readings of radiation in other places in Europe. Right? They're they're getting readings, and that's kind of how the episode starts. Is that it's already reached Minsk, uh, which is yes. what brings in uh, Ilana, who's another character in here. Uh, and I think I think the line that really that hit me here is that he says he says to Legazov in this scene that children in Germany. Are not allowed to be on the streets right now because they're worried about the amount of radiation that's hitting Germany, and they look out the window and there's school kids walking around, like just a couple of hundred kilometers from the reactor, and it's just yeah. and this this is kind of like okay we have to evacuate this. Thing. It's like yeah this is pretty shit. Yeah, so no like that that moment really hit that that moment was like yeah there's other countries like you know hundreds and thousands of miles away like making these choices be, be taking more safety precautions than you're doing and you're like right next to it like that that really hit that really hit yeah, even the town that's like three kilometers away yeah it's like yeah i can stay there for now yeah so that because I, I love that scene at the start actually because it's, it's just obviously she's a physicist and she's like hey like that, that alarm went off it's coming from outside it's actually because i love the opening scenes with her on the phone calls because she, she phones around like the, the closest nuclear like plants and things like that and they all just kind of no there's nothing wrong like, everything's fine hunky dory and she phones chernobyl which is you know it's like hey that's quite far away that's kind of unfeasible but she phones chernobyl and there's no answer <laughs> understandably yeah. so uh, I really like that opening scene. Uh, this character, though, interesting because I did actually listen to the the official uh, podcast that they put out with the, the writer, uh, and I'm glad I did because I was, I was, this was really interesting. Uh, this character, she 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 didn't exist. She's kind of there to represent all the different scientific minds who were kind of in opposition to Legazov or were kind of like challenging him on what he was saying about certain things. Sure. Um, but she is kind of notably the most. I, I guess like Hollywood character in the sense that she kind of like barters her way into like the into like uh, Propia and gets into the into Legislov and yeah, it, yeah. It, like the way she gets in there feels kind of unfeasible and and, and it's worth that you say oh you know she challenges Legislov it's not that Legislov is wrong per se you know he's just missed a few things he missed a few things I mean you can, you can phrase it whatever you want but the point is is that he just thought he was doing the right thing and then ultimately yeah. he's corrected. Uh, and that's kind of the she's representing multiple people in that sense. I don't know if she necessarily represents everyone who challenged them, but she represents the other scientific minds because ultimately there'd be too many characters. Uh, so I'm glad I know that because I think she stuck out after that point of being a little bit weird in terms of 
fully in the least realistic and amusingly she is actually the, the one character who is just outright not real yeah no i definitely felt that while watching it i wasn't really feeling her character that much um this i don't want to say excuses it it's a reason but i, I still don't like it because i've still felt it when i'm watching it yeah i mean our inclusion is not super big though i don't think uh after the opening like like because for me like some of the bigger scenes in the episode like the the second time they brief everyone uh, in the committee and Gorbachev's there yeah. so to me this scene plays fantastically and it plays fantastically because it's spelling out exactly what might happen if if they don't do something mm. um sure. we we realize the gravitas of where this is going and how how aware were you of how severe this would have been had they not like stopped the actual thermal explosion vaguely very vaguely yeah i was it was vague for me uh so when he starts describing this, and he starts describing like, you know, okay, this radius is just, no, that's just decimated immediately. It'll be uninhabitable, uninhabitable for this amount of time. Then this bigger radius will probably be uninhabitable for this amount of time. And then beyond that, we're going to see all these countries and cities all have, you know, increased cancer, birth defects. We're talking we're talking millions upon millions of people uh, dying. Um, and the other th- detail that came out of this uh, for me, I, I may have been mentioned briefly in a scene before this, but I, either way, it shocked me when they said this, and this is completely true, is that the other three reactors were still operating this entire time. Well, they're not that easy to just turn off. <laughs> well, you say that. So one of them was still operating until the year 2000. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, how long uranium just sits there, right? You know, it's not being manned; it just just does it, right? No, no, there was people in there operating. Oh, there people them. in there operating. Okay, you mean that? I, I, I thought you meant just you know no, they no, were no. leaving it to no. you know, decay in there. No, they, they were operating because some of the local cities relied on them for power, and they didn't want to like ruin appearances and have like everyone's power go. Out. <laughs> I'm laughing here because because of how insane this is. This is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. No, this is psychotic. You don't do this. Uh, the reason for doing this, but one, one of the, one of the things that sticks out to me about this show is every single time someone says, "No, we'll do this for the benefit of the state," as opposed to saving more people. Uh, like it really struck struck me. And I think this scene where they explain what's going to happen, what the explosion is going to be, and the fact that there's three other cores that are sitting right next to it as well, right? All these things because they're explaining that, you know. Uh, Legazov th- thought the uh, the water was drained from underneath. Which correct me if I'm wrong, but in the first episode, didn't uh, uh, Dyatlov didn't he like demand that the water be- pumps be turned on? I don't recall that moment, but you could be right. I think that was something he was saying a lot last episode, and if he actually is responsible for those tanks being full, not only was he negligent to the like the nth degree dur- during that that you know night. He was also actually, not admittedly, not necessarily intentionally, but he's also responsible for almost causing the explosion to, itself. To be fair, given what you know, what they say in this episode, I don't think it would have mattered. They talk about how it all, you know, all the pipes oh, sure. went through there anyway. You know, all the everything from uh, you know the the fire engines that they're, they're, they're you know pouring all the water in would end up in those tanks anyway. Sure, sure, yeah. Did uh, not mention that? It, it wouldn't really have mattered. Whatever he said last episode. I was just I was thinking how much I hated him last episode. I'm like, is this is this like a, an extra layer? You of want like... an extra reason to hate, him. and I get that. I get that. Is this an extra but reason I, to hate this guy? I, I don't think it would have actually made a difference in this case, based on what they were saying in this episode. Okay, but not still not the right choice. Oh no, no, of course not. Yeah, 
Yeah, but they basically say, okay, we're going to have to send three people in who know the, know the layout to, like, drain the, the water so we've got a chance. Because J- Jared Harris' uh, character, like his love, he, he thought that they had, like, two or three weeks because it's, 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 you know, all the layers underneath the reactor are designed to, like, slow down a meltdown. So, yeah. so they've got time to try and do something. Um, and, and he wasn't wrong in that sense. No, he wasn't wrong in that sense, but because the, he believed the water tanks were empty, but because they're not empty, they've got, like, two or three days tops before this explosion yeah. happens. So they, they kind of have to get these volunteers uh, who work at the plant. But the moment in the scene, though, in the committee is that he stands up and says, we're asking permission to kill three men. That That is essentially what it is. Yeah. Um, probably one of the only moments of the episode that struck me is particularly weird because given just, you know, he's just spoke about how severe this was. You know, he's just pitched to them like, okay, this is how terrible this is. Like, yeah, send three people in. What are you waiting for? I, I think this is more to do with their system and how they have to get permission to do anything. I don't, I don't think this is... Oh, I know logically you're saying, yeah, of course, like, three men is worth the lives of, like, millions. Like, I don't think that's the... Right, and, and that's the whole communist thing anyway, right? Okay, no, no, no. You know, it's kind of the, the greater good. Sure. I... So it's surprise. It, it seems weird to me that they, that that wasn't the uh, the accepted solution anyway. Well, it is the accepted solution. I mean, because no, no, it... Gorbachev's response is basically, well, of course, like if yeah, any, yeah. if anything, uh, Legislov, he he's the one who's kind of being out in the sense that are different, and that he's doubting that he's allowed to do that. Everyone is, else is basically, of course, you're going to do this. Yes, go do it. No, exactly. That's my point. That's why it feels weird from you know from Legislov, him being the one going. This is how terrible this is going to be. I'm just convincing you. This is you know the end of the world as we know it, sort of thing. And it's like. But three people, and, and he seems like he's doubting whether whether or not there should be. Almost is is the way it comes across. I ain't um, get doubt from him. I ain't get doubt. From, I disagree with that. I ain't get doubt at all. No, fair enough. I ain't get doubt. I mean, I, it's the way it came across to me. For, to, to me, it just felt like he understood the weight of what he was saying. Like he understood the weight of like we're sending three people to die. They're going to be dead within a yeah. week. Like that. That to me, that's what that scene said to me. The final scene is is phenomenal because it's just the three men going down into the into the water. And their their flashlights turn off, and we actually end the scene in, in darkness. And it's, it's been in darkness for a while before the credits start rolling. And it's just it's just the sound of the the, the, the counters and the meters kind of yeah. ticking away. Um, it's kind of horrific. It's very if you're, if you're claustrophobic or scared of the dark, I feel like this ending's probably <laughs> enough to send a shiver down your spine. Um, it's pretty terrifying, just uh, just on a conceptual level, thinking about this really happening. Like, I'm gonna get in there and like, and not not only are you now in the dark and radiated water, you also have the fate of millions on you, yeah. and you and you know you're dead anyway. Like, well, do, do they tell them that they're dead anyway? I don't oh remember. yeah, yeah, because they because they they basically say that the, oh, yeah. when they're when they're asking for volunteers, it's like because because they're refusing to tell them that it's, it's this this guaranteed death, and the guys are basically like, hey, like. Like, you know, I know someone who was a bodyguard that night that exploded and they're already dying. Like, they're dead. And you're telling us we're going into water underneath the reactor? Like, they know. You know, the, the, this is basically the argument in the scene uh, where Skarsgård stands up and is like, no, hey, duty, country, you know, um, and convinces them to, to get on board with it. And it, it, it inspires three people. I think else we need to talk about uh, that was really good was... Uh, so, the, so the plan before they get to the realisation that what they're doing to, like... Uh, kind of limit the the smoke and the radiation leakage uh, which is uh, sand and uh, i think it was barren uh, get into the 
into the reactor uh, via helicopter, which they can't go right over. They have to kind of just hope the wind blows it in from the side. Yeah. Um, like, there's a scene where we actually get the helicopters doing that, and we have one helicopter who flies into the into the smoke um, and goes down. And it kind of just breaks apart. Yeah, I, I think I think it, the accurate uh, is it the, the thing that actually makes it kind of fall, or the thing that like sort of triggers the reaction to just start crumbling is that like it has a cable or something like that. Like if you're pay, if you're paying close attention to it, it has a cable. Right. Okay. Um, I mean that's not. I mean, I mean that would cause problems anyway. But I I, I assume that the pilot wasn't. I because the way it looked when I was watching, obviously I didn't see this cable. The way it looked is like one of the the propeller blades kind of came off. So I thought, oh, maybe it had like melted in the heat. I think that was hitting the wire. Ah, uh, fair enough. Uh, I obviously didn't see the wire clearly. No, it just falls. I love that you don't see it. I love that it goes behind the building. It just kind of yeah, you know, um, or it goes it goes just out of shot. You don't you don't necessarily see like the an explosion. You know, you know Hollywood when the thing hits the ground. It's it's not like that. Um, yeah. and it's like yeah the other ones still have to keep doing what they're doing they can't just back out we have to do this yeah. uh, so you know it's, it's, it's this constant horror it's, it's a horror story and we said that last episode and I feel like this, this episode is still a horror story but it's a horror story in a bigger magnitude and um, you know those scenes at the start where they finally get the firemen back to the hospital and they're like they'll, they'll, you know the doctor realises that it is radiation and like they have to dump all the firemen's clothes in the basement. Like it's just full of horrific moments, and I, I think there's a lot of really great tense moments of acting. There's a great, there's a great scene with Jared Harris where he's told to go to a hotel after he's there quite early on. He's just arrived. He's had the, the one kind of like confrontation, and he's in this hotel, and he specifies a different glass that's been upside down and has just been washed. He doesn't want one that's been sitting there. Yeah, and. He he drinks out this glass, and this this couple is like, "Oh, you just got here. You hear about the the reactor, and the, you know the the plant." And he's like, "Yep, is there anything to worry about?" But he's been ordered. Obviously, he knows he's not supposed to say anything, so he just kind of smiles and, uh, "No, nothing to worry about." And has another drink. I think you can see his you can see his soul kind of like dying a little bit as he says it. It's it's yeah. it's kind of heartbreaking. Uh, the, the the performances are really good in this episode. I think I think Harris and Skarsgård. Uh, are both exceptional in this. Yeah. What do you like of the music? You're the music guy. I like the music in this. Yeah, I like it. It's uh, it's subdued, um, but it's, yeah. it's working. Um, it's doing exactly what it needs to be doing. It's not flashy, but that's uh, it's not a critique. I think that goes again with it feeling kind of grounded and more horrific than, you know, I, I think if you if you put in your, because like, that says the three you know heroic men are going at the end like you, you had some brass like the heroic It'd sacrifice. Feel a bit cheap, wouldn't it? It feels cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it kind of just lets it speak for itself in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. That's pretty smart. It's not very particularly memorable music, right? Uh, sure. It's not things you'll necessarily remember in a week's time. Like you'll be like, oh yeah, that's the music. You know, before you, I mean, it might play again in the next episode and it'll trigger for you. But beforehand, you probably wouldn't be able to hum any of it back or you know, tell me what much of it was. Well, what did you um, like about the episode then? Since you said you liked some stuff, uh, the scenes I most like were the the conference scenes. And uh, a couple of scenes between the you know, the the two guys, uh, you know the the, the helicopter um, uh, that bit. Honestly, I, I like a lot of the, the the conversational stuff. All of the tense moments are just not landing for me at all. Like you know that that bit at the end, you know, when you're going into the water, I didn't care. I wasn't feeling it at all. 
you're in such a minority with this. Every single I know person, I, am. I every, know I am. Every single person that that I see talking about this show, that is the first thing they talk about is how tense I know. it is. Ev- everyone's some other tension, and I I don't get it, and um, which is why I, I assume I'm not enjoying this as much as everyone else. Like, because I I like a lot of the the, the core writing. Um, you know, I th- think all the, the the conversations. You know, like I say, you know, the stuff in the boardroom was probably my, my favorite stuff. But the, the the tense parts, eh, they're just not doing anything for me. I'm not feeling any tension. Are you out then? Am I doing this myself next um, week? Maybe we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> see how I feel next week. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like you, you're not very enthusiastic about talking about any of the scenes, really. I mean, you, yeah, like, that's just. A... So, I, I, no, like, I, I'm really enjoying the 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 conversational bits. You know, like like the stuff we talked about with the helicopter. You know, that, that was the one like actiony bit, I guess, that I was as into. You know, in terms of the just watching what happened um, with the helicopter. But um, you know, all, all the stuff with uh, you know, Boris and. You know, What's his name? Uh, is is all, all that stuff's pretty good. Uh, I like the stuff with them on the helicopter. Um, you know when they've got a you know where you know Boris like hey go fly over it, and he's like yeah, maybe don't do that. That 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 will be dead within like a week. Yeah, he has to t- talk the uh, the pilot out of it. He's like hey if you do that you're going to be praying for the gunshot like because 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 uh, Boris like, like threatens him. He's like hey if, yeah, you don't like, fl- if you don't fly over there I'll just shoot you. And, and yeah. he's like. You take the gunshot. You'll be better. <laughs> yeah, the gunshot's the better option. Uh, yeah. No, no, I, like, I think it's exceptionally well directed. I, I think there's this eerie feeling to the whole thing, and there's this kind of eerie, bittersweet sadness to everything. And you, you kind of feel like so many people who are just screwed because they're in the vicinity. Uh, the, 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 like seeing how far it reaches, seeing because I, I think when they're in that committee room and they sit down and they, they explain the explosion that's going to happen if they don't do anything. There's a moment there where everyone in that room starts taking this more seriously. That they they weren't before. Before this was just some problem that experts can go and deal with. They're not thinking about it. That yeah. moment, from that moment there, they're thinking about this. For, for, you know, for for probably years, <laughs> but certainly they're thinking about nothing but this probably for the next several weeks of their lives. You would because, hope so, because it just hit them what's at stake with this. Yeah. Um, and so, so much of it to, to to them as well as the idea of like not disgracing the the uh, the the public world image of the Soviet regime, like not not like disgracing themselves and disgracing you know, the regime. Yeah, there's a whole bit where it's like, no, 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 our power is is through the perception of power rather than actually having the 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 power itself. And you know, us doing nothing and just just happening, you know, is bad. But us, if we start panicking and flailing about, that looks equally as bad. There's like a there's a balancing act they've got to find, as far as they're concerned, rather than just solving the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, no, that's uh, that's episode two of Chernobyl. Uh, there'll definitely be a review next week. Uh, Sell it for myself. Um, <laughs> possibly with Connor, possibly without. We'll see. Uh, I mean, it it says a lot that. I, I definitely never cared enough to, to listen to the other companion podcast. Uh, Leslie, we thought the episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mail.fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show on the channel, you can head over to patreon.com/mailfuzztv. We can support us for as little as a dollar per month and get some bonuses and extras and that kind of thing. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>